Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for tuning in again. It has been a minute since I have been behind the podcast microphone. Um, I have been... Let's see, we've done 106 total episodes of Light Files. This will be episode 107. Um, At the end of this episode, I'm going to make a little announcement about that. But um, I just, it's been a minute since I've sat down to record a podcast. I don't think, I think this is the longest break I've ever taken (laughs) in between podcast episodes. So I have a little bit that I want to catch up on, mostly all related to um, June's Lightovation in Dallas. Um, it was um, a, a good market. I enjoyed I enjoyed attending. It was very much, um, of course, the press releases by the Dallas Market Center <laughs> say like the market exceeded expectations in terms of attendance. Um, I would maybe very politely argue that I think expectations were probably low for attendance. (laughs) Um, There was a decent amount of um, people and buyers there. It just, um, it wasn't huge, but um, there was a decent amount of people for a June market. It did feel pretty quiet. I'm not going to lie. I arrived on Tuesday and left on Friday. So I was only at the market center on, um, Wednesday and Thursday of the week, but it still seemed a bit quiet to me, but I'm glad I attended. Um, there's always definitely an upside of going to the June, um, market in that you get a lot of one-on-one time with people that you don't always get to talk to in January because they're so busy or tied up with other, uh, customers. So, um, it's always a good time to get some great networking and, um, chat time <laughs> for lack of a better way to describe it with, um, whomever you need to at a certain manufacturer or just, you know, with industry friends. Um, so it's always a great experience for that. Um, uh, to my least favorite question about market that uh, you always get asked, although I have to say, I don't think anybody asked me this time. Um, you know what my favorite thing was that I saw at market. Um, there wasn't too, too much earth shattering, uh, releases going on. In fact, I think like one manufacturer, <laughs> there was like literally one item they added to the line that they brought out in the June market. Um, so most releases were very small to minimal. Most things were line expansions, different finishes, different sizes of already tried and true product. There wasn't a ton of new, new product going on. Um, that also gave me a chance to do a little bit of shopping in, uh, the gift market, which was really helpful. Um, I was able to source some new product that I'm excited about for the showroom. Um, in my showroom, as I've talked about on this podcast before, we're really leaning into doing a bit more of this like hostess gift tabletop, um, accent piece, um, gift line. Um, and I have an excellent staff member who is really great at merchandising this all in the store. It makes a world of difference. She's so phenomenal at it. 
Um, so if we can, you know, bring the right mix of products in, she does an excellent job of getting it out there. And that way, if you have shoppers come in who are quite literally just looking because they just happen upon your store, or if they're just looking because they are building a house, but they're not near ready to select light fixtures, you just never know when they're going to pick up a hostess gift or something else small, um, and take it with them and therefore just increasing your sales incrementally bit by bit, um, just by being open. And that was a really wonderful thing is, has been a wonderful thing. You know, it's not going to like keep us from, you know, it's not going to keep us in business <laughs> doing these things. Our core business is still selling light fixtures and vans, but it is, um, just enough like cherry on top, I'll call it. And it gives, um, customers a reason to be excited to come back and see us more frequently than just looking for their lighting. And there is definite value in that. So other than, you know, just kind of what I would, uh, describe as pretty standard June, Lightivation market. Um, I did attend a panel uh, discussion on Wednesday at market, um, and it was uh, the title of the panel was "How Lighting Retail Showrooms Can Effectively Work with Interior Designers." It was a great panel. Um, it was moderated by Rue Magazine's Danny. Oh, it's CEO, CEO, goodness. Um, <laughs> LSA's own Kirsten uh, Reese and uh, of Blackwell Home and Gabriel Trinidad of Lighting Inc. were on the panel. And um, there were two designers also on the panel Donna Moss of Donna Moss Designs and Jamie Anand of Jamie Anand Interiors. Um, it was a really great panel. It was probably my favorite thing that I did while I was in Dallas. Um, I, you know, went, of course, to support Gabriel and uh, Kirsten, and then it turned out that it was actually really interesting and useful. <laughs> so I always love it when stuff like that happens. So I have a few highlights uh, from the panel that I wanted to share with y'all. So I, I think a big takeaway I got from the panel was if you want designers, you must invest in designers and the things that they need and want from product displays to availability, um, Gabriel at Lighting Inc. and their relationships with their designers. They do a lot of like custom pieces and sourcing products that would be incredibly difficult to source otherwise. Um, that is a huge value add that they provide to their designers. But you have to do whatever it takes to be there for your designers. So whether that's like sponsoring an event, um, following, of course, following their social media, engaging with their social media, joining whatever um, trade group that makes sense, and then actually participating in the group. So it maybe isn't enough just to join the local um National Kitchen and Bath Association chapter or ASID chapter. Um, it means you join, but then you go to the meetings, you volunteer on committees and you sponsor events and make yourself very present to them. Um, and that way they will remember who you are. And, you know, the, the big headline I took away from this, um, the panel was that as with everything we do in the lighting showroom, the single most important thing was the relationship. 
So even for designers, even in this world where they can buy direct, um, when they can buy direct at pricing, not too much different than what I can buy. What, there are so many things that designers can do um, where they wouldn't necessarily need a lighting showroom to help them. But when you have that solid relationship and they know you're their person and they know they can count on you to fix their problems, to to be there when they need help, to help answer the questions, to deal with the fussy details, to store the product, to deliver the product, to help troubleshoot if something goes wrong at the install. That's where you make the difference to designers. And if you can really cement that relationship and that value you bring to their jobs, then that pricing piece stops becoming as important to designers. They will work with you. They will deal with whatever, um, whatever they need to, they can, you know, you can come up with a a program with a designer if you want to, that works for them and works for you, whatever it is. But when they really get the value of working with your business and what you can provide, it's all the other questions about, but I can get this direct or whatever, all that stuff starts to fall away because they really want somebody that's going to save them time and make their jobs easier and lend expertise and credibility to their products that are their projects that they might not necessarily have on their own. Like, look, all we do are lighting and fans all day, every day. We have a different level of expertise in that that you're just not going to get or they're, and they're not going to have off the top of their heads. So it the the big takeaway like the big headline that I would love to share with y'all is that working with designers doesn't have to just be focused on price. You if you're showing how easy it is for them to order from you, if you're helping out with dimming and lamping and things that are important to their design that you just don't want the electrician running to Home Depot and buying whatever the cheapest light bulbs are and ruining the whole aesthetic of the room because they grabbed some value bin 5,000 K fight electric light bulb, um, where, you know, that we should definitely be lamping all in the same color temperature, all ideally maybe from the same lamp manufacturer so that the color temperatures are genuinely the same across products. Storing product is huge for designers. Um, so, and like, and a lot of times manufacturers that are selling to the trade, they will only drop ship. So that puts all of that receiving responsibility and delivery damages that puts all that responsibility on the designer. And then that's time that they can't be billing for design work or working with clients or recruiting clients or whatever it is. And we all know how, um, time intensive, uh, receiving and shipping product is. And that's only if everything goes great, right? Um, if something goes wrong with a delivery, then there's like a whole other headache. If something's broken, there's a whole other headache. So, um, all of these things are cost to a designer and you really have to 
A, build that relationship, gain that credibility with the designers and the design community in your area, and just constantly be reinforcing these messages. Um, Be ahead of the game. Make sure that the designer knows that you're keeping track of the orders. Send them updates about the status. Okay, we received in the living room, the dining room, the kitchen island pendants, the powder bath, but we're still waiting on the owner vanity lights, whatever it is. Um, just at regular intervals, make sure you're updating the designers on the status of their product, or if they've ordered a custom fixture, calling the factory, getting the estimated ship date, um, or that probably came on your order acknowledgement, but not only pass that date along, but after a couple weeks, check on it, see if the date's the same and just confirm back to them. Just call to check on your piece. It's in production. Everything's on schedule. It's going to be here at date, da, 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 like these little things make such a big difference to them. And that's like something that they have checked off the to-do list and they are not going to have to worry about. And taking the burden of that from the designer instead of like, oh gosh, I've got to call Lisa and ask this, this, and this question. No, they don't have to because I've already provided that answer. And that makes me and the service I provide invaluable. Um, Offer to help with lighting layouts and walk projects, like walk jobs. Um, And you don't have to do that for free if you don't want to. There are some people that charge for that service and some people that don't. Um, And it doesn't seem to matter particularly to a designer either way. If you're going to walk it and charge, um, a designer is usually just going to pass that expense along to the the customer. Um, You know, these are just all like, again, little things that you can do to bring um, value add. You know, Um, we have to understand that when we as a lighting professional go to look at a product, a project, like we're looking at the entire scope of the project and all of the lighting. Like for instance, I'm working on a project right now. Um, it's a multifamily uh, clubhouse. So a clubhouse for an apartment community. And the designer picked out all of the light fixtures. Um, a few of the light fixtures are integral LED and some are just lamped LED. Well, we did, um, I did correct a lot of the decisions and make sure that the color temperature was all the same. So a lot of the integral LED is 3000 K and then the other stuff that we're lamping, I made sure to put 3000 K lamps. Well, she's really loves the look of the lamped, uh, LED product, but the integral LED is reading so much cooler than the LED lamps. And she's sort of frustrated about that. Um, but even just being able to identify that at product selection, like, this is great. They look good together. Just a tip. This might be something that we need to, to think about. Or um, do you think you can live with it? If these color temperatures are just a little off, are they in the exact same space? Are they in the same line of sight? Or are they in totally different rooms and it's going to be okay? So um, there's that. Um, there's reinforcing this point that um, you as a distributor sell like all of the product lines, or at least a hefty majority of them, right? So if you're, if a manufacturer is trying to sell a designer direct, they probably don't have the entire job um, available to them. So they might have some decorative pieces here or decorative pieces there. So then the designer, again, becomes a little mini distributor trying to find product here and there and everywhere. 
And this is just a waste of time. (laughs) And they really probably don't need, they only need like five of these decorative pieces, but then they need some more like commodity product or something that is not as, um, overdone as the, you know, five key pieces on the product or whatever it is. Um, we need to really understand that we do provide this whole package solution that is very difficult to find somewhere else. And I definitely, at this panel, the thing that the designers kept coming back to over and over was their great relationships with their lighting showrooms and the fact that the lighting showroom listened to them, understood what they were trying to do for their customer, went to the space, saw the space, talked to them, asked questions, and found the product and got it there, start to finish, top to bottom, front to back, backwards, forwards. And that's what made it worth every penny of every dollar that they spent because the, the showroom just took over that whole chunk of the project. The designer could worry about other things and knew that her vision, his or her vision was still going to happen. It was still going to be installed um, the way she wanted. It was going to meet their needs, but they didn't have to worry over every single detail. This relationship is really the key. Um, you know, making sure that, you have product available for a designer if they need something quick, um, being willing to do troubleshooting, handling returns, um, talking through solutions to problems. You know, you're the expert and you answer the tough questions and find the answers for the designer so that they don't have to. These things are so critical. And everyone on this panel was saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> it was, um, it was really amazing. Um, like in the best way, it made me feel like, oh, okay. The, you know, people do get so worried about this, that the other manufacturers selling direct. And I'm not saying it's not something to think about, like, it's not something to just bury our heads in the sand to pretend like, okay, that's not happening or it doesn't affect my business. It absolutely does. It does not have to be the big, scary monster that we want to make it out to be sometimes. Um, and like a manufacturer's working with their rep to really push selling through selling to the trade in this market area, but they're not doing it in that market area. And then they're doing it in this market area for like 90 days and then they back off and then it's not so much of a thing. And then it's a different product line. Like there's just not a lot of consistency to it. Manufacturers don't get any ideas. (laughs) We don't need you to become consistent. The point to lighting showrooms is, is that you are the consistent grounding force. You are the through line through all of this. You were here before you'll be here after, and you just need to reinforce these relationships and uh, solving the needs of the design community. And not every designer is going to have the exact same needs, right? So that's where the, again, (laughs) I'm a broken record, but that's where that relationship is so critical where you can have a dialogue back and forth. And maybe this designer really it just is pretty hands-off. They can pick their own product. They know exactly what they want, but they really just want you to be really clear about lead times, delivery times, storage. And that's really the thing that ticks the boxes for them so that they know that like that, that part of the project is handled. And maybe somebody else needs a lot more help in product selection or really wants to get down into the details of how something works. You just have to be this one source of knowledge 
and really provide honest feedback about how the how these things are going to work, about the dimming. It's not going to dim. Oh, we have some trouble with that. Whatever the case may be, you need to leverage your expertise to become invaluable to the designers. And then I promise you, they won't be swayed by the flavor of the week design program that's trotted out for them. It was so clear to me in this panel that uh, while they might appreciate the attention of manufacturers, it's certainly not something that most of these designers want to do. They did not open retail businesses to become distributors, right? They opened a design firm. So the design is their passion. The lighting is our passion. And that's where we need to just, you know, merge those skill sets, build those relationships. And then whatever the manufacturers are trying to do, you know, to circumvent what feels like circumventing showroom distribution, that becomes less and less of the big scary thing and just something we can deal with. So really, really spend some time thinking about the design community in your area. Pick the brain of the designers that you already are working with to see what groups they're engaged in, um, what they like to do, what resources really help them, um, what things do you do that they just love that you should be telling everybody that you that you do. Um, use your existing customer base and then go from there, but really lean into those relationships and being the problem solver and being the expert. And that will make you absolutely invaluable to the design community. And there we go. So I said at the end of the episode, I'd have a little announcement. So as I said, this is episode 107 of The Light Files. I'm super proud of this podcast. It has been a little side passion project of mine. I'm super appreciative of the Lighting Showroom Association for allowing me to do this and, and sharing these messages out with our, our community. Um, but as of now, we are calling this a wrap on season one of The Light Files, Um we're going to regroup. I'm going to reassess the format of this podcast. I'm going to reassess the content of this podcast and stay tuned for whatever comes next. Um, so I would love to hear your feedback. Um, this would be a really great time to grab my ear and say, uh, what you like, what you don't like. If, um, there's something you want to hear more about or not, tell me. Um, I would, I would certainly appreciate that. But as of the end of this episode, season one of the light files has come to a close, but stay tuned, stay subscribed. Um, and we will see where we go from here. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. As always, take care and I will talk to you next time.